Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to thank the Democrat Party today for this hearing, actually two hearings. I want to thank them because they just killed impeachment. See, this was an impeachment trial. They used to call them the best and the brightest. Now they're the worst and the dumbest. Unbelievable. Robert Mueller I'm not going to mock him as they would mock him if he were testifying for the other side. But what you saw today, and those of you who didn't, just stick with me. We got plenty of time. Was a fraud, a ruse that has been perpetrated against the American people. There is no Mueller report. It's a Weissman report. There is no Mueller special counsel. It was the Weissman special counsel. Weissman. And this little bastard, that's right, I said it, Weissman, who destroyed Arthur Anderson and 80,000 jobs and a 9-0 decision Supreme Court that reversed him on this very issue of obstruction of justice. He's the invisible hand that's been behind the whole damn thing. From day one. And brought in like-minded left-wing Democrat donors and activists. This wasn't a special counsel office. This wasn't an office of prosecutors. This was an office of Democrat activists who happened to be attorneys in the government. And they had the power to use criminal law and processes and tools to advance a political agenda, even though they failed. That's why they were so hot to get Manafort, a case that they should have given to the Eastern District of Virginia. No, 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 no. They wanted Manafort. And so forth and so on. So what did we learn at this hearing today? What did we learn? Two hearings. Absolutely nothing, except that Mueller is seriously incapable of writing a report, reading a report, and overseeing an investigation of this magnitude, which raises a very serious question that has not been raised. How in the world could Rod Rosenstein appoint Mueller special counsel? All you have to do is interview the man for about 14 seconds, and you know that he's incapable at this point in his life of running and overseeing an investigation. And yet he did. This was the biggest secret for the last two, two and a half years that Mueller was absolutely incapable of 
of running an investigation. Now, we have a right, we the people, to know who wrote this report. Not only didn't Mueller write it, he didn't read it. Or at least he didn't read it with any level of comprehension. Who wrote the report? Who wrote volume two of the report? I want to know. That's not a national security secret, is it? No, it's not a national security secret. It wasn't Mueller, the uh, Professor Erwin Corey of investigators. Who wrote it? Now, no, I don't want to thank Mueller for his service to the country. Obviously, as a vet, yes. But I don't want to thank him for what he did here. He should never have taken the job. He should have known he should never have taken the job. His family knew he shouldn't take the job. That's quite obvious that he has some health issues. And it's not a put down. I'm not trying to be provocative. Now, this issue of obstruction. The only people obstructing justice are the Democrats on Capitol Hill and the media. They're the ones who are obstructing justice because they will not tolerate the outcome of this investigation. And they're demanding more. They're demanding more. Now let me go through this again so even Joe Scarborough, the dim-witted banjo player from Deliverance on the bridge, so even he can understand, although I wonder. There was no obstruction of justice. That's exactly why Mueller didn't push the issue. Or I should say, Weissman. Weissman did not push the issue of obstruction of justice. Now why? Because of the two memos from the Office of Legal Counsel that I uncovered and first reported on on, on Fox and behind this microphone? No, that's not why. Because he didn't have a case. Nobody knew better than Weissman that he didn't have a case. Because in 2005, in Arthur Anderson versus United States, Mr. Weissman, representing the United States, Mr. Weissman and the United States lost 9-0 to zero on an obstruction case involving Arthur Anderson. Mr. Weissman must remember this just 14 years ago where he put 80,000 hardworking Americans out of work, where he shut down one of the, the wonderful accounting firms in this country, Arthur Anderson, never to return again, like a good liberal. There are certain elements that are required for obstruction of justice. Certain elements that are required. And you start with the corrupt intent. You must have a corrupt intent to interfere with an investigation. Did the president have a corrupt intent to interfere with the investigation? Let's look at the evidence. And by the way, the Republicans did very, very well today. They could have done even a little better. But look, they did very, very well. And the Democrats, like I say, the worst and the dumbest, rather than the best and the brightest. Led by that big dummy Nadler. And by the way, you know they had to have talked to Mueller. They knew that he'd be Professor Erwin Corey. Yet they still brought him in. 
obstruction. A corrupt. Why is Swalwell on Foxhole? I'm just asking. I'm not attacking anybody. Why is this guy who couldn't get one tenth of one percent in a poll in the Democrat primary, who uh, doesn't know that a little dab will do you rather than a big dab in his hair? He could build a pipeline to this guy's hair and uh, we'd have plenty of oil on this country. But let's get back. The elements of obstruction. Let's start with the key element. A corrupt intent. This president turned over every single piece of information the special counsel's office asked for. He never asserted attorney-client privilege. He never asserted executive privilege. He never asserted any privilege whatsoever. Documents, texts, emails, whatever they wanted. This president did not seek to protect any single individual from his campaign, from his businesses, even more importantly, from his inner circle in the White House, from testifying, from giving testimony to the special counsel's office, and he surely could have under the separation of powers doctrine that's been used many times in the past legitimately, again, asserting executive privilege, especially with his White House counsel. His White House counsel, McGahn, testified for 30 hours. 30 hours. Does that sound like a corrupt intent to you? Does that sound like an intent to derail an investigation? But he told McGahn, he told him to fire Mueller. Well, the president denies that. But let's pretend that he did. So what? Well, there you have it. You have the, the intent, a corrupt intent to block the investigation. No, you don't. The president of the United States believed, and rightly so. And look at this. The, the information that came out today, just based on the testimony, you could see Mueller couldn't do it, that his... Uh, his minions were running the investigation. President said, this guy is, he's not, he's not independent. He's conflicted. Look at the people he hired. He's close to Comey. And uh, Louis Gohmert made this point today. I've made this point too, but he did a great job. And we're going to have Jim Jordan on the program and Louis Gohmert on the program and Devin Nunes on the program, one each hour. But let me continue. So, ladies and gentlemen, had this case gotten all the way to the Supreme Court, had the Attorney General waived the Office of Legal Counsel opinions, and he could have, they would have lost. And Mr. Weissman knew they would have lost, just like he lost 14 years ago in a 9-0 decision. I've got it right in front of me. Arthur Anderson, LLP versus United States. Unfortunately, they don't exist anymore. Reversed and remanded nine to zero. And the substance of the case, not just the title page and the signature page, is six to seven pages long. It was almost pro forma. Like, what the hell was this guy doing? They didn't apply the statute correctly. Nine to zero, done. And it was written by Chief Justice William Rehnquist at the time. A real chief justice, unlike John Roberts. Now, I pointed this out before, here and on Fox, just as I pointed out these memos 
that you can't indict a sitting president. One of the questions Mueller would not answer, of course, was a question I raised when this report came out. The Weissman Report. That's what I'll call it for now on. When did they know that there was no collusion? They knew early on. Mueller wouldn't answer that question. And the reason was it would expose them, in part, for trying to set up the president on obstruction. The Democrats throughout the day, whether the Judiciary Committee or the Intelligence Committee, and obviously that committee is wrongly named, it should be the No Intelligence Committee, they tried to put words in Mueller's mouth. One time they succeeded, and he had to come back after, after a break and correct the record. But I want to congratulate the Republicans. You did a very, very fine job. And I want to congratulate the Democrats tonight. Thank you for having these hearings. Thank you for having Mr. Mueller. You killed impeachment. I don't care what they say. You killed impeachment. The American people are sick of this and they're sick of you. So am I, by the way. Now, there's two things happening that also do not augur well for the Democrats in the House. The Inspector General's report due now in September goes on forever over there, but that's going to come out. It cannot help the case the Democrats are trying to contrive. And, of course, the ongoing Department of Justice investigation that was uh, put into a place by the Attorney General of the United States with the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut in charge. By the way, what the hell ever happened with that U.S. Attorney in Utah? Hey, this guy, Huber, was that his name, Huber? Oh, yeah, he's all over it. No, he's not. He's nowhere. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now, the Democrats, I saw Nancy Pelosi speak. She was doing her imitation of Mueller. He was doing his imitation of her. I don't know. The incoherences, we're surrounded by it. It's everywhere. <laughs> now we're on to uh, now, now we're on to the subpoenas and the taxes, and, and we're going to keep going. Just keep fighting them, Mr. President. You're going to win. Because in the end, as I've said for over two years, the Constitution and the law are on your side. They're on your side. So the big losers today, the office of the special counsel. And I want to know more about how this office operated and who was the true leader. It had to be Weissman. And who wrote the report? Who oversaw that? Had to be Weissman. Little hitman at the Hillary Clinton victory party. Absolutely unethical conflict of interest. We want to know about that. Who wrote this report? So they can be held to account. There's a hell of a lot more to get to. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens 
and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Massive Russian interference in our election, and there was. And there was during the 2016 campaign. And Barack Obama did nothing effective about it. His CIA, his FBI, his Department of Justice did nothing effective about it. They were busy planning spies in the Trump campaign. And as I've said before, the reason they were quiet about it is because they thought Hillary would win, and win easily, and they didn't want the American people to believe that her election was somehow tainted. And so what Adam Schiff goes on and on and on about massive Russian interference in our election, I don't disagree. My question is, what did Obama do about it? Are they going to hold a hearing about that? No. Did Mr. Mueller question Mr. Obama or any of his officials? Of course not. Now, as for Robert Mueller, I have a keen eye for these things, having served at the Department of Justice. And on my radio show right here on May 29th, after Mueller gave his eight to nine minute speech, here's what I said. Got one go. For those of you who watched Mr. Mueller, did he seem sharp to you? Did he seem like he was on his game? Did he have trouble somewhat reading through his written statement? Looks like Mr. Mueller is a little bit feeble to me. Looks like, in many respects, Mr. Mueller may have been a figurehead for Mr. Weissman. But definitely he didn't want to testify, secondarily, because he wouldn't perform very well. Now, would he? Now, I think this nailed it. Six, eight weeks ago, it nailed it. And then I see these analysts on cable TV saying, you know what, I think this this was really staff-centered, this investigation. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And, and Mueller, Mueller really seemed off his game. Really? That's to them. Some analysis. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, 
It remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. The Constitution Man, Mark Levin. Calling now at 877-381-3811. I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, on his way to the helicopter... Heading to the, his plane for a West Virginia rally, the President of the United States, among other things, denounced Nadler and Schiff. And I just want to be the first to point out that neither Nadler nor Schiff, at least right now, are women of color. Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? Nadler and Schiff, at least for now, nothing wrong if they wish to transition, but at least for now, they're not women of color. And he pounded them pretty hard, I noticed. People might want to take notice. Also, uh, Mr. Mueller kept saying that uh, in uh, leading questions to Mr. Schiff, not a woman of color, he kept saying that, uh, you know, the Russians were interfering to help Trump. I can't think of a single reason why the Russians wouldn't want Hillary Clinton to be president instead of Trump. I mean, they already got 20% of our nuclear uh, material from her. She's an appeaser. You see what the president has done to Russia. Vladimir Putin's not exactly happy with his policies, is he? So I can't think of a single reason why Vladimir Putin wouldn't want Hillary instead of Trump, even back then. So that narrative never made sense to me. Never. When I was on Hannity TV, the same day after my radio program on May 29th, And on Levin TV, I might add, little montage for you, again, May 29th, here's what I said. Cut to go. By now, you're obviously aware that Robert Mueller had an eight or nine minute speech he made. No questions. Wandered off into the sunset, no doubt retiring to Boca Raton, Florida. Isn't that where everybody goes? Says he's not going to answer any questions to Congress. By the way, as you'll see, I think there's a reason for this. I think he's somewhat feeble. I really do. I don't think he's really running that office. I don't think he's capable of answering rationally, effectively, questions put to him, mostly by the Republicans. And uh, I thought his performance today will go down in history as one of the lowest points in our justice system. Now, you're going to hear from Mr. Mueller, if you haven't already. This is a man who sounds feeble to me. This is a man who wouldn't take questions. After making a statement, this is a man who says he will not go before Congress in a public forum to answer questions. I think the reason is he's incapable of standing up to the grilling. I don't think he's capable of it. I don't think he ran this office properly. I think other people were running this office. This is exactly what I said it was from the day this started. This was an impeachment effort. And you had these individuals who are very, very partisan, hired by this man who's quite feeble, in my opinion. That's what I'm observing 
who had in their mind to create an impeachment document, that that's exactly what they did. You were the first person to tell me about Justice Department guidelines as it relates to a sitting president, but it wasn't relevant in this case at all, as the Attorney General Barr told us at the time. You know, I watched uh, Mueller today. You know what crossed my mind, Sean? He sounds quite feeble, and I'm quite serious about this. There were no crimes. He had no case. There was no probable cause. And yet, by Mueller writing volume two and giving his little spiel today, and he was very feeble, and I'm serious about this. This is not a man who would do well under seven, eight, nine, ten hours of questioning with Republicans honing in on so many issues. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the wrong person testified today. Robert Mueller is the face of the special counsel's office. Andrew Weissman should have been testifying today. But they're covering up for Weissman. And Weissman could have been grilled about his partisanship, about his past unethical behavior, about his current unethical behavior about his leaks. It's Weissman, Weissman, who should have been under oath testifying today, but they're protecting Weissman because he's the Svengali behind all this, in my humble opinion. He's the Svengali. And because the Obama administration did nothing effective to stop the Russians from interfering in our last election. They now blame it on the victim. Donald Trump. But the whole world saw this today. The whole world saw it. Some very good uh, questioning today. Let's start with John Ratcliffe at the hearing. Former federal prosecutor. Actually, a former federal prosecutor who knows something. Cut 22. Go. If you'll let me quickly summarize your opening statement this morning, you said in volume one on the issue of conspiracy, the special counsel determined that the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. And then in volume two, for reasons that you explained, the special counsel did not make a determination on whether there was an obstruction of justice crime committed by the president. Is that fair? Yes, sir. All right. Now, in explaining the special counsel did not make what you called a traditional prosecution or declination decision, the report on the bottom of page two of volume two reads as follows. The evidence we obtained about the president's actions and intent presents difficult issues that prevent us from conclusively determining that no criminal conduct occurred. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Now, uh, I read that correctly. Yes. All right. Now, your report, and today you said at all times the special counsel team operated under, was guided by, and followed Justice Department policies and principles. So which DOJ policy or principle sets forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined? Can you repeat the last part of that question? Yeah. Which DOJ policy or principle set forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined? Where does that language come from, Director? Where is the DOJ policy that says that? Can you let me make it easier? Can I? Go ahead. 
Can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because their innocence was not conclusively determined? I I, I cannot, but this is a unique situation. Okay, well, you can't. Time is short. I've got five minutes. Let's just leave it at you can't find it because I'll tell you why. It doesn't exist. The special counsel's job, nowhere does it say that you were to conclusively determine Donald Trump's innocence or that the special counsel report should determine whether or not to exonerate him. It's not in any of the documents. It's not in your appointment order. It's not in the special counsel regulations. It's not in the OLC opinions. It's not in the justice manual. And it's not in the principles of federal prosecution. Nowhere do those words appear together because respectfully, respectfully, director, it was not the special counsel's job to conclusively determine Donald Trump's innocence or to exonerate him. Because the bedrock principle of our justice system is a presumption of innocence. It exists for everyone. Everyone is entitled to it, including sitting presidents. And because there is a presumption of innocence, prosecutors never, ever need to conclusively determine it. Now, Director, the special counsel applied this inverted burden of proof that I can't find and you said doesn't exist anywhere in the department policies, and you used it to write a report. And the very first line of your report, the very first line of your report says, and as you read this morning, it authorizes the special counsel to provide the attorney general with a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions reached by the special counsel. That's the very first word of your report, right? That's correct. Here's the problem, director. The special counsel didn't do that. On volume one, you did. On volume two, with respect to potential obstruction of justice, the special counsel made neither a prosecution decision or a declination decision. You made no decision. You told us this morning and in your report that you made no determination. So respectfully, director, you didn't follow the special counsel regulations. It clearly says write a confidential report about decisions reached. Nowhere in here does it say write a report about decisions that weren't reached. You wrote 180 pages, 180 pages about decisions that weren't reached, about potential crimes that weren't charged or decided. And respectfully, respectfully, by doing that, you managed to violate every principle and the most sacred of traditions about prosecutors not offering extra prosecutorial analysis about potential crimes that aren't charged. So Americans need to know this as they listen to the Democrats and socialists on the other side of the aisle, as they do dramatic readings from this report, that volume two of this report was not authorized under the law to be written. It was written to a legal standard that does not exist at the Justice Department. And it was written in violation of every DOJ principle about extra prosecutorial commentary. I agree with the chairman this morning when he said Donald Trump is not above the law. He's not. But he damn sure shouldn't be below the law, which is where volume two of this report puts him. Excellent. Now, I keep hearing, where will the Democrats go from here? Well, they're too stupid to go from there. Plus, they have a problem. Where are they going to go from here? Where could they go? Back to hating America and anti-Semitism? Back to hating America and anti-Semitism? You know, AOC, Omar, Talib, etc., etc. Or destroying Medicare for all? Or destroying our economic system? The new green whatever? 
or to massive tax increases? I mean, where do the Democrats go from here? Open borders? Now we can focus on the issues, you see. Now we can focus on the issues. And they don't want us to focus on the issues, trust me. We'll be right back. in. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Congressman Jim Jordan, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing fine, Mark. Good to be with you. Well, it's a pleasure. First, before I, I go to you, I want to thank the Democrat Party today uh, for, uh, you know, they used to talk about the best and the brightest. Now we have the worst and the dumbest. I want to uh, thank Mr. Mueller today. You know, Jim Jordan, you were superb, and I want to get into this, but I think we can agree now this is a ruse. It's never been the Mueller report. It's never been the Mueller special counsel. It's Weissman. He's yeah. the guy running this operation and the others uh, on the staff. And and uh, Mueller not only didn't write this report, he didn't really know what was in the report. Well, he sure kept his answers short and didn't want to engage on much of anything. Um, I'll, 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 I'll grant you that. Um, his name is still at the top. He was the special counsel. He was the guy, you know, Rod Rosenstein named this special counsel. So um, he was there to answer questions today, but he sure didn't answer much. He sure didn't say much. That's for, that's uh That's for sure. Now, you really honed in on what triggered this entire uh, investigation, and and you were just absolutely amazed, and you told Mr. Mueller this, that he showed no interest in this individual, despite the fact the individual's named dozens of times in the report. Go ahead and sum up what you were saying. Yeah, the the guy who wanted—we've been through a three-year saga, put the country through this, based on one guy telling George Papadopoulos— that the Russians had dirt on Clinton. Papadopoulos passes his information off to a diplomat. The diplomat tells the FBI they started an investigation three years ago this month, and we've been through this whole thing. And yet the guy who started it, Joseph Nissa, this professor hanging out in Rome and London, the guy who starts it all, when he's interviewed by the FBI, he lies to him three times, and they don't do squat. They don't have a follow-up interview. They don't charge him with a crime. Everyone else who lied and gave false information to the FBI, they all got charged. A three-star general got charged, even though the agent doing the investigation didn't really think Mike Flynn was 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 trying to uh, mislead him at all. So this, this is, I think, anyone who's got any level of curiosity, any level of common sense, says, "Why? That seems strange to me. That seems fishy to me." So I thought it was a important point for the American people to understand. Now, uh, 
Barr has launched his investigation with the uh, U.S. Yeah. Attorney from Connecticut, the in, independent, excuse me, the Inspector General. I mean, I think things get worse and worse and worse for these committee Democrats, don't you? Oh, exactly. Mark, you, you, and, and you've been on this, and, and you know this. Those two investigations are the ones that matter, because that's going to get to how this whole crazy ordeal began with in the first place. I mean, Horowitz is going to have his sometime, I think, in the next six, eight weeks. And then the one who knows when, when Bill Barr and John Durham's investigation ends, but they're looking at the very kind of things I was talking about when we were talking about in today's hearing. This is because remember what they did in 2016. In 2016, the FBI spies on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign. My guess is that probably hasn't happened very often in this country and frankly shouldn't unless it's properly predicated. Bill Barr, when he testified 12 weeks ago, said he has concerns that the spying that took place wasn't properly predicated. And that's what he's looking into. And I sure don't think it was. As soon as George Papadopoulos signs on the Trump campaign, all these foreigners start swirling around him like a bunch of vultures and, and start meeting with him. That's how this whole thing gets rolling. So that's what they're looking into. And it's critical we understand exactly what took place at the very beginning. You know, Jim Jordan, the Democrats were really heavily focused on obstruction. Just a few points. I want to hear what you think about this. Number one, I found those two memos from the Department of Justice in 1973 and 2000, one on yeah. radio and TV and kept waving them around. That said, the reason they didn't charge the president with obstruction, you know, they could have put in the report, Jim Jordan, they could have said, we asked the attorney general to waive the report and allow us to bring charges. And he said, no, they didn't even try. And the reason yeah. is, the Arthur Anderson decision in 2005, 9-0 Supreme Court. Yeah. The U.S. attorney involved in that case, the assistant U.S. attorney, was Andrew Weissman. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur Anderson went broke. 80,000 people lost their jobs. It was a perfunctory opinion, 9-0, six pages of content. If you don't carry the cover, the, uh, count the cover page and the signature page. And they, they had three elements. And the first element was you have to have a corrupt intent. This president really had a corrupt intent, didn't he, Jim Jordan? Give them every paper they want, give them anybody they want to testify, they can talk to my lawyer, they can talk to whomever they want, but this guy, Mueller, ought to go. He says he never said it, but let's pretend he did. He ought to go because he's conflicted. Go because yeah. you're conflicted. That's not a corrupt intent, is it, uh, Congressman? No, no, and, and look, some of the things the president said, if you were falsely accused, Mark, of a crime, if I was, if anybody was, you'd be ticked off and frustrated, too, especially something that took three years since it was opened back in, in July of 2016. Of course he didn't have a corrupt intent. Plus, under our Constitution, a president can fire whoever the hell he damn well wants to. They're his subordinates. Yeah, no, exactly. So and, where do the Democrats go from here? They're going to keep, uh, now they're going to go after his taxes, I guess? Oh, yeah, with it, with it, we, they're doing subpoenas tomorrow. They want all the emails and, and records of White House employees. They're trying to get after the first family, specifically Jared uh, Kushner and Ivanka Trump. They, they want their emails. So that, that's what they're doing tomorrow in the, in the Oversight Committee. So this never ends, and it's, and it's bad for the country. You know this. When, when, when the Democrats are so focused on stopping a president that uh, they can't do what's best for the country, that is not good for our, for our nation. That is not how this Congress is supposed to operate. But that's certainly how the Democrats want to focus on things. And um, – but here's the good news. In spite of all that, it's been a great two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Economy growing, taxes cut, regulations reduced. Uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh in the court. We're out of that crazy Iran deal. The embassy is now, in fact, in Jerusalem. Think about that. 
for, for years and years, every presidential candidate promises that they get elected and they go, oh, no, I can't do it now because I got all these people in the swamp telling me I can't do it. So I promise you, but I'm not going to do it. This guy did it. USMCA on the way, the new NAFTA agreement. All, I mean, hostages home from North. You could go down a whole list. So in spite of the Democrats' relentless and, and never-ending uh, attacks on this president, he's got a lot done. But think how much more would it get done if they actually, if they actually focus on helping the country and not attacking the president. And I think after the first hour or two of the hearings today, the American people, those who are not really focused on this stuff, said, what the hell are they doing in Washington, D.C.? Exactly. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably Well, right. Jim Jordan, I want to thank you. Keep up the great work. You were you great do, today. You do the same, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank God you. bless you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next hour we have Devin Nunes, by the way. But I'm not done. Little old me, I'm not done. So I hope you'll stick with us. Oh, and by the way. I'll be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30, excuse me, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Hannity tonight, 9.30, hope to see you. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, we were informed an hour ago, week nine on Freedom of the Press, will be on the New York Times bestseller list nine weeks in a row. By my calculation, that's two months and one week. We're pushing for three months with your help. Book more relevant than ever before. Look at the media. Push the Russia collusion lie. Push the obstruction lie. Push the impeachment lie. That's the media. And the media just move on. And by the way, they all look glum today, didn't they, Mr. Producer? They all look glum. I mean, their ch- cheeks were sunken. They're uh, just, just, they, they looked very upset. So I hope they had a full supply of Depends in all the newsrooms out there because they were really quite upset with what had transpired. They were hoping for the best, you know. They covered it live. Do you realize this is probably the first time that people watch CNN and MSNBC, a.k.a. the Constipated News Network, and... MSLSD probably heard information that they were unaware of, given the propaganda mills that these these newsrooms have become. Pretty incredible, don't you think? In fact, Chuck Todd today, quite dim-witted Chuck Todd and with the fifth grader haircut, here's what he said. Hat tip, right scoop, cut 16, go. But because they were looking for this dramatic moment that would capture the imagination. And I think for those members of the, remember, House Judiciary Committee Democrats do believe they should start impeachment. The lack, if that's what Bob Mueller thought was needed to done, needed to be done, he didn't do anything today to help advance that cause if he believes that is where this should head. Even in a cogent moment, he's incoherent. Chuck Todd. That could have been Chuck Todd testifying today. He's very upset. You know, his woman, his uh, wife is a, uh, by the way, she's a woman, but not of color. And uh, she is 
a consultant to Democrats. Irene Melber, whoever the hell that is, he's on MSLSD today. He's also a host. He was none too happy either. Cut 17, go. I think the end of the day is there was a lot of talk about today being the time that people would see and hear and feel some of the stories which I objectively are concerning or shocking in this report. And I'm not sure that at the end of the day, Bob Mueller was the one voicing that. Uh, Some of the members in the committee did, um, but he really didn't. And so that leaves, I think, the country watching and saying, okay, we've been waiting for this. What was this that we just saw? And if it was an arcane and interesting interbranch discussion, maybe that's a good thing, Brian, because maybe these are complex issues. But ultimately, it didn't land where the Democrats said they were hoping, at least for part one, on obstruction. Then there's Terry Moran, I mean Terry Moran, senior national correspondent of ABC News. Now I want you to listen to George Stephanopoulos' question. Cut 18, go. Was the ball advanced? Now stop right there. Take it back to the top. Was the ball advanced? Was the ball advanced? So in other words, Stephanopoulos is saying, did our team advance the ball? Does that sound like an objective reporter to you? No, I don't think so. Go ahead. Was the ball advanced? No. Impeachment's over. Uh, I don't think Nancy Pelosi is going to stand for her members, bring forth something that is going to obviously lose in the Senate, lose with the American public. And the problem with, with, with Mueller's testimony on this issue is that he had to carry the ball for them some way, whether he wanted to or not, at least by being a vigorous, strong, rock-solid prosecutor. And he looked uh, like uh, somebody who'd slowed a step or two, and perhaps as one of the Repu- as the Republicans are starting to put out there, maybe he wasn't even in control of all those angry Democrats. Maybe he's a figurehead, somebody from the past that they put there so they could do their dirty work. That's the, the theory they're coming out with. It's not going to be bought by Democrats, but they needed more. Uh, they needed more fuel for any kind of impeachment effort. The media are very upset. Did they advance the ball? No, no. impeachment's off the table. We needed a vigorous Mueller. We didn't get a vigorous Mueller. We did. It, it didn't. It didn't. No, no. But Brian Williams, dimwitted among dimwits, he's on MSLSD today with Nicole Wallace, another loser. And they figured out what the problem is. They figured out what the problem is. It's not Mueller. It's not the Democrats. Cut nineteen. Go. You can hear talking points of the left on this network, but you could really hear the a lot of the Fox News primetime talking points uh, being spoken by some of those members. It appeared to us that Mueller was hearing some of these arguments. For the yeah, look at I mean, and God bless him. I imagine he doesn't watch our cable channel that much either. But the, the 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 members of Congress in the Republican Party and Fox News content is indiscernible at this point. How do you get from this hearing to Fox News, Mr. Producer? They are so stupid. They are so vapid. They are so shallow. They will not focus on the news. They can't. If you've read chapter one of Unfreedom of the Press, they're incapable of it. They're a Democrat Party, progressive ideologues who are social activists. That's what they are. Now, Mueller delivered them an impeachment report. The problem is there's nothing in the report that supports impeachment. 
they've hold Bill Barr in contempt. They they you know they're holding everybody in contempt. Nancy Pelosi used to joke about their their jail they have in the cafeteria. That I that's what I call it. How people are going to be indicted and held in contempt, and then we're going to have impeachment. Like it's the French Revolution. But listen to this guy, Brian Williams. Now, he's supposed to be a certified reporter. Instead, he's a certified nut job, in my humble opinion. All right. Let us listen to, and this is very good, to our friend Louis Gohmert at the hearing today. Cut 23. Go. First, let me ask a unanimous consent, Mr. Chairman, to submit uh, this article Robert Mueller unmasked for the record. Without objection. Now, Mr. Mueller, who wrote the nine-minute comments you read at your May 29th press conference? Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Okay, so that's what I thought. You didn't write it. A 2013 puff piece in the Washingtonian about Comey said basically when Comey called, you'd drop everything you were doing. It gave examples. You're having dinner with your wife and daughter. Comey calls, you drop everything and go. Uh, it, the article quoted Comey as saying if a train were coming down the track, and I quote, at least Bob Mueller will be standing on the tracks with me. Yeah. Uh, you and James Comey, have been good friends or were good friends for eight, for many years, correct? Well, we were business associates. We both started off in the Justice Department about this You were good time. friends. You can work together and not be friends, but you we and were Comey friends. were friends. We were friends. That's my question. Thank you for getting to the answer. Now, before you were appointed as special counsel, uh, had you talked to James Comey in the preceding six months? No. Uh, when you were appointed as special counsel... Uh, was President uh, Trump's firing of Comey something you anticipated investigating, potentially obstruction of justice? I'm not going to get into that. That's the internal deliberations in the Justice Department. Actually, it goes to your credibility, and maybe you've been away from the courtroom for a while. Credibility is always relevant. It's always material, and that goes for you, too. You're a witness before us. Let me ask you, when you talked to President Trump the day before he appointed or you were appointed as special counsel— you were talking to him about FBI director position again. Uh, did he but mention the as, firing of James not, Comey? But not as a candidate. I was asked. Did he mention the firing of James Comey in your discussion with him? Cannot remember. Pardon? Cannot remember. I don't believe so, you but I'm not going to be specific. You don't remember. But if he did, you could have been a fact witness as to the president's comments and state of mind on firing James Comey. I suppose, uh, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. So most prosecutors want to make sure there's no appearance of impropriety. Uh, but in your case, you hired a bunch of people that did not like the president. Uh, let me ask you, when did you first learn of Peter Strzok's animus toward... Now, by, now by the way, I'm playing this because... He's very smartly leading to a point, step by step. By step. And Louis Gohmert's a smart guy. He was a chief judge down there in Texas of their appellate court. Go ahead. Uh, 2017. You didn't know before he was hired? I, I'm sorry? What'd you... you didn't know before he was hired for your team? Uh, you know what? Peter Strzok hated Trump. Okay. You didn't know that before he was made part of your team. Is that what you're no, saying? I did not know that. 
All right. Uh, when did you and first actually, learn? When, we, when he did find out, I, I acted uh, swiftly to have him reassigned elsewhere in the FBI. Well, there's some discussion about how swift that was. But when did you learn of the ongoing affair he was having with Lisa Page? About the same time I, okay. I, I um, from, uh, struck. Did you ever order anybody to investigate the deletion of all of their texts off of their government uh, phones? Once we found that uh, uh, Peter Strzok uh, was an author of... Uh, Did you ever May I finish? order... Well, you're not answering my question. Did you order an investigation into the deletion and reformatting of their government phones? No, there was an IG investigation ongoing. Well, listen, uh, regarding collusion or conspiracy, you didn't find evidence of any agreement, I'm quoting you, among the Trump campaign officials and any Russia-linked individuals to interfere with our U.S. election, correct? Correct. So you also note in the report that an element of any of those obstructions you referenced requires a corrupt state of mind, correct? Corrupt intent, correct. Right. And if somebody knows they did not conspire with anybody from Russia to affect the election, and they see the big Justice Department with people that hate that person coming after them, and then a special counsel appointed who hires dozen or more people that hate that person, and he knows he's innocent— He's not corruptly acting in order to see that justice is done. What he's doing is not obstructing justice. He is pursuing justice. And the fact that you ran it out two years means you perpetuated injustice. I take your question. Gentlemen's time has expired. That was a great point. A great point. And he led right up to it. He goes right to the heart of their obstruction argument president was furious and frustrated with the conflicts and the politicization of the investigation. That's why, if he did, he wanted Mueller removed, not to prevent any investigation. And that's in line with the other things the president did in terms of providing documents and witnesses and all the rest, in which he didn't object a single time to anything. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN.
The Democrats were truly interested in uncovering Russian involvement in the 2016 election. Why didn't they subpoena Obama and Biden to testify? They were the president and vice president at the time. Why didn't they subpoena Clapper and Brennan? Why didn't they subpoena Lynch and Comey and, and Hillary Clinton? They all held high office, and they were responsible for protecting us from the, uh, from the Russians in the election. Mueller, too. Not one of them was ever questioned, not by Congress, not by Mueller. Not one of them. And these two volumes of the Mueller report, keep something in mind. Those are prosecutors' briefs. It's the best shot they had. There's no reply to the report. There's no contrary witnesses or documents or evidence allowed. No cross-examinations. No challenges of any type. None. That's the best they had. And they had nothing. When you're preparing to travel abroad this summer, the one app that needs to be on your checklist is ExpressVPN. Now, ExpressVPN doesn't encrypt your data while you're surf the Internet or on public airport and hotel Wi-Fi. It even lets you stream and access content that normally would have been blocked in that country. With ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the Internet just like you would if you were home. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or your phone. Then you use the Internet just like you normally would. And ExpressVPN costs less than 7 bucks a month. Comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't travel anywhere this summer without downloading ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. So where do the Democrats go from here? They go back to their favorite un-American anti-Semites? They go back to so-called democratic socialism? They go back to the Green New Deal that destroys millions of American jobs and American wealth and the American economy? They go back to open borders? Go back to trashing law enforcement and eviscerating our military? Surrendering to our enemies overseas? Where do the Democrats go from here? They've got nowhere to go. Here's another question. What do the media do now? What do the media do now? Any self-policing? Any circumspection? Anybody going to be fired? Or reassigned? They continue in their ways, you see, ladies and gentlemen, because there's no checks and balances on the media. And given that these major international corporations own virtually every newsroom in this country, they are protected, they are subsidized. So even when they lose ratings massively like CNN or MSNBC, where they're owned by Comcast or AT&T or Jeff Bezos in the case of the Washington Compost, or the New York Slimes in the case of a uh, billionaire in Mexico. They don't have to be profitable. They're free to continue in their ways, undermining this country from within. Trying to so cripple this president and his administration that it can't function. Then they get angry when he calls them liars, fake news, enemy of the people. Then he gets compared to Hitler and so forth. 
when they had these Stalinist show trials. That's what this was. The problem was the Democrats are too stupid to pull off a Stalinist show trial. Now, anybody who would talk to Robert Mueller for 10 minutes should know that he ought not be at center stage. They should know that. And so Republicans have something going for them. Nadler, Schiff, Pelosi, and so forth. That's what they have going for them. The dumbest Democrats who've ever crawled through the House of Representatives. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Devin Nunes, who's really been a great patriot, is the ranking Republican of the House Intelligence Committee. They had two hearings today. For those of you who work for a living and didn't watch any of this, the Judiciary Committee and then the Intelligence Committee. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me on. What, what did you make of this hearing? This, this is so bizarre. Um, what did you make of the hearing? Well, despite the fact that it would have bored the hell out of everybody to watch it for those people yes. that were working, there were a lot of important nuggets that came out of it. Yes. Uh, one being that Robert Mueller didn't write this report, and he didn't know a lot of what was in it. So I think that should concern people for a lot of reasons. Who do you think? You think Weiss? I, I feel Weissman was the uh, the driving force in this operation. I believe that Weissman was behind the push on Manafort, likely the push on Stone, and those shenanigans that happened with the press being tipped off, and also behind the conspiracy theories on obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. But I, but there were, there were about five or six of them that had the pin on this. The lead DOJ attorneys or the attorneys that were that were assigned over to Mueller. I think if you look to the folks that Mueller brought from the outside into his investigation, so former DOJ folks, those are the ones. If you really wanted to get to the bottom of it, you you'd have to put them in depositions to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it was written as a 
political document. That's why I've always called it. It's not a report. It's no different than the Steele dossier. It's the Mueller dossier. You know, we pointed out things that were clearly wrong today. So there's a lot of nuggets. So those folks that are out there that are Russiagate hoax fanatics, uh, there's just so many things out there from from Robert Mueller calling an American citizen a Russian, right, in his report. The guy, now he was born in the former Soviet Union, but he was born in Georgia, which, you know, if you're from Georgia, the country, you don't like being called, you know, Russian. No. So, you know, it's just a lot of little things like that that were just reckless and kind of shows the partisan nature of this report. And when it comes to the intelligence side of this report, as when it comes to the other part of the report, the so-called obstruction side, half the investigation was left off the table. I still don't understand this. You're chasing Manafort down all corners of the earth, Mm -hmm. uh, but you decide you're not going to really chase down you know, so many of the things, uh, Devin Nunes, that you've brought to the fore. What explains this? Well, there's no excuse, zero excuse for this strange cat named Joseph Mifsud. So Mifsud was a Maltese diplomat turned professor that did worked at a place that was like for hire. So it was like it was called Link Campus. And the FBI trained people there, NATO trained people, State Department. Um, they'd have guest speakers in. This was it was it was in Rome, and he was there for the better part of of a decade. And then, when he became the center of attention, and why is Mifsud important, and why should we know about Mifsud? Because this is the guy that supposedly knows about the Clinton emails, that who supposedly talked to the Russians and knew the Russians had them. And supposedly talk and talk to Papadopoulos. This is the this is the official reason that they gave the FBI gave for opening the investigation. So you know if you really were after the emails and trying to figure that out, I mean hell you'd get to the bottom of this guy in a hurry. But one one of the, another thing that that the mainstream media is ignoring, uh, we released evidence today in the hearing in my testimony that he waltzed in and out of the United States in December 2016. Okay, so they opened the investigation in the end of July. In December, here's this guy in the center of the controversy, supposedly knows about the emails. The guy's in Washington, D.C., waltzing around, meeting with State Department officials and others. They don't do anything. I mean, that's a real red flag. Then in the sentencing guidelines for Papadopoulos, they claim that Papadopoulos somehow made it hard for them to find Mifsud, which is – it's – it's preposterous. And so the fact that you'd spend this money, and then we asked Mueller, several members asked Mueller today, you know, Mifsud lied to you, supposedly, so why didn't you indict him? You indicted everybody else that lied to you. So something's really wrong there, very fishy, about you know why they wouldn't get to the bottom of Mifsud. Now, you know, Congressman, you know better than anybody, actually, as you began your journey here trying to get to the bottom of what you saw taking place as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, they tried to take you out, didn't they? That's right. If, now, and if you look, anybody who got in their way, they tried to take him out. They and tried to was, take Jim Jordan out. Yep. yep. What, what do you make of the media in this country? Uh, do we really have a free press, or do we have what I call an unfree press? Well, I actually, I, I recently bought your book, and I, and I opened it. Uh, and I got through the first two chapters, uh, and you're, you're, you write in that book what I've lived through. 
so this is the media is dead. There is no longer uh, any free press in this country. There's there's only partisan press. And the way that I look at this, and the way that I try to get my colleagues to look at these these cast of characters, is you know look at them as military assets for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I mean they they have been spinning this story for three plus years. Remember, it's the media that Fusion GPS goes to to plant these ridiculous stories about Carter Page and others that somehow, you know, there's this grand conspiracy that the Trump campaign's colluding with Russia. That's where this all really originates from. It was really a dirty trick, and there's so many people out there in the media that had to have known it, Mark. And you know how they know it? Because they had to have early versions of the dossier. Mm. So knowing that they're getting early versions of the dossier, they should have been raising red flags, but instead what were they doing? They were writing stories about Carter Page, Mike Flynn, et cetera, et cetera, all through uh, the 2016 election. And then they went totally nuts uh, after the election, after they lost, which there's a whole scandal there too. I, I don't mean to cause a problem here, but is the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee still in business? <laughs> well, you know, look, I, I right, you don't have to comment on, on that. Well, that's, that's all right. I mean, I'm, I'm as a citizen, I'm sitting here thinking, don't we control the Senate? What the hell's going on at the Senate? The Judiciary Committee? So the, I, I don't know what's going on in the Senate. So let me not. I mean, look, I don't want to be accused of disparaging people that are no longer here. Just blame me. That, okay. But but what happened early on in the investigation is that you had numerous Republicans, okay, who, who and they were at the time they only had 52, uh, and then they dropped down to 51, and you had numerous Republicans who were going to McConnell and saying, you know, basically attacking the chairman, chairman there, Richard Burr, uh, and saying that because remember the media was beating him up too at the time. And what happened at that point is they wanted to promote this, you know, some 9-11 style commission. I mean, can you imagine if we would have ripped that out of the Senate's hands and my hands and put it into a 9-11 style commission? I mean, hell, we would have never got to the bottom of, mm-hmm. of any of this. And, and Trump probably would have been impeached. So so that's really what happened, I think, with the Senate is they, you know, you had they were undermined by Republican senators that made it really hard with a small majority. You mean like Corker? For the Senate to, to, do, to do anything. I'll say it. Um, well, you know, you know the usual suspects. Uh, yeah, they some, really are, are the no usual suspects. And, and, yes. Yeah, and some are no longer here, and then they're no longer in the Senate. But that was the problem. You know, Congressman, they may try. I don't see how they can possibly, I didn't before, pull off impeachment hearings now. I mean, these are the Keystone cops. They don't have any serious facts um, they, uh, they're, they're trying to stitch together an argument. It's just not cutting it. And today I felt they really uh, thought this would be their test run for impeachment. And, yeah. uh, and, it, and it blew back in their faces. Look, they had a, they had a really bad day. Um, and, you know, being that, that you know, I didn't, I, I actually expected that Mueller was going to give them some breadcrumbs. Uh, that they could use, but the reality is, is that that, that that the only thing we learned, like I started with, is that Mueller didn't write this report. He didn't really. I mean, I think Trey Gowdy said it on uh, uh, today on an interview. He said that uh, Bob Mueller learned more about the re- about his own report today than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's accurate. 
Well, I think that's pretty damn scary. I'll be honest with you. Rod Rosenstein, he he chose Mueller. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know who the hell was running this investigation. No, and we ought to know. We really ought to know. The the country went through hell here. We ought to know who wrote the damn thing and who wrote what parts. And these aren't national security secrets. The the Democrats want to know more about this investigation. Now we want to know more about the investigation and the investigators. And and remember, we're going to find that out because we have a real attorney general now with a within a U.S. attorney from Connecticut conducting an actual investigation into the origins of the campaign, I mean, the origins of this Russia investigation, which Bob Mueller couldn't answer today, nor did his report answer. No, and I think for the Democrats, they have a problem now. They have an inspector general report coming out. They have that investigation that you're talking about coming out. It's kind of all downhill at this point. I, I would think so. This is, you know, I said a while ago, uh, when when they came out and they didn't have anything on the president. I said that was the day that Russiagate turned into Spygate. And that's mm-hmm. really now we have to get to the bottom of all the spying that occurred. What were the predicates? Uh, was this you know spying done by the FBI or was this in conjunction with Fusion GPS, which is the Clinton campaign? Those are all the questions that need to be answered. Did you, Devin Nunes, you, you come out of basically a, a, a mostly rural, not completely, but farming district. You were a farmer. Your family were farmers, you know, most of your life. You ever think you'd be in the middle of this? <laughs> Could you ever imagine it? No, no. I mean, look, I used to say the best job in the country was to be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Because we did really important work. We're working with, with you know, uh, real American patriots. Sadly, what happened, though, after the 2016 election is it became the worst job in the world. And, you know, our, our committee, the House Intelligence Committee, you should not hear from us. We should not be out talking. We, we, we are monitoring the most sensitive programs we have in this country. You should only hear from us when something bad happens, you know, a terrorist attack, or have us come out and comment about what our thoughts are on North Korea or China, you know, big, important issues. We should have never used these special powers to target a political campaign. And that's at the heart of all of this. If they wanted to open up a criminal investigation, and I I know this sounds legal here, but I, I know your listeners get it. Criminal, you have protections. With counterintelligence, you do not. And they were able to go to the secret court, get a FISA warrant, all the things that happened. And I believe that that counterintelligence investigation was purposely done as a counterintelligence investigation because they knew they could not stand up to the scrutiny of a criminal investigation using the Steele dossier or any of the other garbage that they used. I mean, even even Papadopoulos, even even, let's go back to Joseph Mifsud talking to Papadopoulos about these emails. Don't forget that, that that was hearsay from a, it wasn't Five Eyes Intelligence. There was no official product. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was information that came from a foreign politician, Australian politician, that would be laughed out of the courtroom, right? I mean, nobody listens to what politicians say about other politicians. God forbid one that's not even in our own country. It's just not taken seriously by the FBI. They just needed an excuse. Congressman, I want to thank you for the excellent work you've done, and keep up the good work, and God bless you, sir. Hey, thanks, thanks a lot for having me on and, and getting the truth out.
All right, my friend, be well. It's already obvious that the left-wing media are on the Democrat side for 2020. Just look at the questions they ask in their so-called debates. Well, Brent Bozell and the folks over at the Media Research Center are fighting back. As part of the MRC's Tell the Truth 2020 campaign, they launched a war room to monitor and expose the daily lies and propaganda coming out of the media. If you go to mrcwarroom.com, mrcwarroom.com, you can see some of the coverage from their various websites. And if you sign their petition, they'll send you a free Don't Believe the Fake News Media bumper sticker. It's all at mrcwarroom.com. The leftists have their own war room. In fact, they have a lot of them. CNN, MSLSD, ABC, CBS, NBC, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, and they're all peddling propaganda 24-7. They're all 100% focused on replacing Trump with one of these socialist Democrats, excuse me, Democrat socialists. So now our side has its own war room. Check it out at mrcwarroom.com. Sign the petition and they'll send you a free Don't Believe the Fake News Media bumper sticker. That's mrcwarroom.com. And by the way, you heard Congressman Nunes, great patriot. He just finished chapters one and chapter two of Unfreedom of the Press. If you don't have your copy, please jump in and join the rest of us. We need your help. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Twenty twenty will be the most important election in our lifetimes. Big issues are on the ballot the border, Second Amendment, infanticide, freedom of speech, private health care, and that's the most expensive of them all. Liberals are pushing a plan called Medicare for All. They want to take a program seniors paid into all their lives, open it to all comers, even children of illegal aliens. Should be called Medicare for None. Because seniors will be forced to get in line with people who've paid nothing into the program. It's really unjust. And it'll destroy the world's greatest engine of healthcare innovation. Now where's the AARP on all this? Why aren't they lobbying hard to stop this rating of your Medicare? Because they support it. And we know why. The same AARP-backed Obamacare. They're in the back pocket of the hardcore radical democratic socialists. That's why I'm urging all of you to join AMAC now. Because unlike the AARP, AMAC, A-M-A-C, AMAC will fight hard against Medicare for all. Because Medicare for all means Medicare for none and no private health care either. Become a member of AMAC.us. A-M-A-C.us. The stakes have never been higher 
Visit amac.us right now and join today. Bill, Lake Butler, Florida, the great WFSX. Go. Hey, Mark Levin. Yes, sir. Uh, you're one of my favorite radio guys of all time. Thank Listen, you. I, uh, I know you put that question out. I was listening to you here, of course. And uh, you wanted to, to know where the Democrats were going to go. Yeah. And I, th- and I think I know where they're going to go. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna put out more investigations. This time they're going to target Trump's family. Well, they want the taxes. They're putting out subpoenas, and Devin Nunes just told us that they're going to, or maybe it was uh, Jordan, I don't remember. They're going to push out more subpoenas tomorrow, if you can believe that. I think the American people, except for the hardcore kooks and crackpots that form the core of their base, I think they're going to get really sick of this. They're going to get sick of AOAC, AOC, Omar, Talib. The anti-Semite wing of the Democrat Party. They're going to get sick of the un-American wing of the Democrat Party. They're going to get sick of the endless investigations as if uh, Nancy Pelosi is is uh, is Joseph Stalin in drag. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I tell you, I uh, I was listening to that uh, spiel by Mueller. Okay, uh, he's ready. He's ready for the home, <laughs> the oh, assisted home. <laughs> Well, what can I tell you? I mean, he sounds a lot like Pelosi to me. Doesn't he to you? Uh, yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, my brother. Thank you for your call. It was it was a, an embarrassment. The whole event was an embarrassment. It was a spectacle for the whole world to see. But I do want to thank the Democrats because uh, they've killed impeachment, as far as I'm concerned, and they're destroying themselves. So I want to thank you. I want to thank the, uh, Jerry Nadler who's not a woman of color, I might add. And I want to thank Adam Schiff, who I'm told is not a woman of color. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Remember, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I will be on Hannity. Sure, well, that'll be interesting. I should mention tomorrow morning, Mr. Producer, I'll be on Fox and Friends at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We should go ahead and post these. So 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Hannity tonight and 8.30 a.m. Eastern on Fox and Friends tomorrow. You know, for all the years Donald Trump has been president, the mass media have been fixated on a storyline that has no basis in fact. That Donald Trump colluded with the Russians during the 2016 presidential race to defeat Hillary Clinton. This is in a very, very important part of my book, as a matter of fact, where I addressed straightforwardly collusion. And this was written really five months ago, even though it's out now. To this day, and after all this time, despite congressional criminal media investigations, there is nothing but Democratic Party press innuendo, supposition, and dissembling. 
In addition to special counsel Robert Mueller's declaration of no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. On February 7, 2019, Senator Richard Byrd, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, told CBS, if we write a report based upon the facts that we have, then we don't have anything that would suggest there was collusion by the Trump campaign in Russia. I don't know why they haven't written a report yet. A few days later, Byrd reiterated his conclusion to NBC News. There's no factual evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. But you see, the media want collusion. They still want collusion. They want obstruction. It merits emphasizing that the supposed plot was in fact launched by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee with assistance from the Obama FBI and Department of Justice. In short, Perkins Coy, an international law firm, as the Federalist pointed out, was directed by both the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign to retain Fusion GPS in April 2016, to dig up dirt on then-candidate Donald Trump. Fusion GPS then hired Christopher Steele, a former British spy, to compile a dossier of allegations that Trump and his campaign actively colluded with the Russian government during the 2016 election. Though many of the claims in the dossier have been directly refuted, none of the dossier's allegations of collusion have been independently verified. Lawyers for Steele admitted in court filings last April that his work was not verified and was never meant to be made public. The Hills' John Solomon discovered that the dossier was provided to the FBI by at least six different people with connections to the Hillary Clinton campaign. And information from the dossier, along with a news story planted by Steele with Yahoo reporter Michael Isakoff, was used by the FBI and Department of Justice to expand a counterintelligence investigation aimed at the Trump campaign and businesses and to secure successive surveillance warrants from the FISA court. Again, this is an unfreedom of the press. The FISA court was never appropriately alerted to the funding source or purpose of the dossier. However, several senior FBI officials involved in using the dossier were warned about its political nature. Ultimately, this and other events led to the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller and the initiation of a criminal investigation, despite the fact there was no criminal basis justifying his appointment, which found no collusion after nearly two years of investigations. Incredibly, in a December 2018 podcast interview, Isakoff of Yahoo, he, who so, supposedly broke the September 23, 2016 Steele dossier story with left-wing co-author David Korn of Mother Jones, who fed a copy of the dossier to the FBI. See the media working with the FBI and vice versa to get Trump. Said when you actually get into the details of the Steele dossier, the specific allegations, we've not seen the evidence to support them. And in fact, there's good grounds to think that some of the more sensational allegations will never be proven and are likely false. But so committed to this plot have been the media that they actually played an active role in the investigations and were relied on by unethical FBI officials and others to do their bidding. Our buddy John Solomon, September 2018, detailed a number of examples of media government collusion. Among them, fired FBI official Peter Stroke and his alleged paramour, former FBI lawyer Lisa Page, texted frequently about leaks in the media affecting their cases and even suggested the FBI was behind some of them. 
FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired for lying about one media leak he authorized. The FBI secured a FISA warrant against Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, in part by citing a Yahoo News article by Michael Isakov that turns out was based on another leak from the FBI's own informant in the case, former British intelligence operative Christopher Steele, whose dirt on Trump was bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign and the DNC. The court that approved the surveillance warrant apparently was never told that the article was not independent corroboration, but rather circular intelligence from the poison steel tree. DOJ notes recently provided to Congress show one of the media leaks with which Steele was involved was considered by his boss, Fusion GPS founder Glenn Simpson, to be a Hail Mary attempt to swing the election, rather than to inform the FBI in courts. That's the sort of biased evidence the FBI should askew, not embrace, of course. And Stroke's own FBI communications show the FBI, after firing Steele, continued to receive versions of his now infamous but still unverified dossier on alleged Trump collusion with Russia. The media have crossed the line between reporting and activism, where they have in fact participated in the promotion of events about which they now report. This is precisely the concern raised by those who question the wisdom of social activism journalism. Moreover, their progressive ideology and Democratic Party bias are in full bloom, as evidenced by their frenzied obsession with getting President Trump and conversely, their disinterest and laxity respecting the roles of the Clinton campaign in the DNC, as well as the part played by Obama, FBI, justice, intelligence agencies to thwart the Trump campaign and presidency. This has led to the newsrooms and journalists repeatedly spoon-feeding stories to the public that are erroneous or outright fabrications. Virtually every major news outlet is guilty, including the Associated Depress, the Constipated News Network, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, McClatchy, and National Pubic Radio, etc. And now the media are left with desperate efforts to invent even tenuous links to third parties, the supposed evidence of the Trump-Russia collusion, and the latest so-called shooter drop, or they hype as evidence of Trump-related criminality or corruption, guilty pleas and convictions having nothing to do with collusion in President Trump. And you saw that today. Lots more if you get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. That's what I'm reading from. Now, <clears throat> Debbie Lesko is a Republican from Arizona. And she pointed out something very important to Mr. Mueller, who no doubt didn't realize it. From today's Judiciary Committee hearing, cut six, go. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post in your report. I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, I, well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about 60 times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Uh, again, I have no idea. I counted about 75 times. How many times did you cite Fox News? I, as with the other two, I have no idea. 
Uh, about 25 times. I, I've got to say, it looks like volume two is mostly regurgitated press stories. Honestly, there's almost nothing in volume two that I couldn't already hear or know simply by having a $50 cable news subscription. However, your investigation cost the American taxpayers $25 million. Um, Mr. Mueller, you cited media reports nearly 200 times in your report. Then in a footnote, a small footnote, number seven, page 15 of volume two of your report, you wrote, I quote, this section summarizes and cites various news stories, not for the truth of the information contained in the stories, but rather to place candidate Trump's response to those stories in context. Since nobody but lawyers reads footnotes, are you concerned that the American public took the embedded news stories? And Time of the gentlelady has expired. The gentlelady from Washington. Can, can Mr. Mueller no. answer the question? No, no, we're running short on time. Hmm. Of course not. Running short on time from the long-winded chairman. Now, at the second hearing by the Intelligence Committee, Robert Mueller has answered a question by Representative Chris Stewart about the Roger Stone FBI raid. Cut seven, go. Mr. Mueller, are you aware of anyone from your team having given advanced knowledge of the raid on Roger Stone's home to any person or the press, including CNN? Well, I'm not going to talk about uh, specifics. Uh, I will mention, uh, but talk for a moment about persons who uh, become involved in an investigation. And the understanding that uh, in a lengthy, thorough investigation, uh, some persons uh, will be under a cloud and that they that should not be under a cloud. And one of the reasons for emphasizing, as I have, the speed of an election, or not an election, the speed of an investigation, uh, is that so uh, those persons who are disrupted as a result of the... I, I, I appreciate that, but I do have a series of questions. Uh, uh, with the result of that investigation. Thank you. And you're right. It is a cloud, and it's an unfair cloud for dozens of people. But to my point, are you aware of anyone providing information to the media regarding the raid on Roger Stone's home, including CNN? Uh, uh, I'm not going to speak to that. He's not going to speak to that. Simple question. Like no is, could be a simple answer. Well, what about Fusion GPS? You know, you do mention Fusion GPS scores of times in your report. You never investigated Fusion GPS. What's that all about? Representative Stephen Shabbat, Republican Ohio. Cut 10, go. On page uh, 103 of volume 2 of your report... When discussing the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting, uh, you referenced, quote, the firm that produced steel reporting, unquote. The name of that firm was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? And you're on page 103? 103, that's correct, volume two. When you talk about the, the firm that produced the steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? Well, I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with uh, with that. I, well, I, you, let me just help you. Uh, it, it was. It's not. It's not a trick question. Right? It, it was Fusion GPS. Now, Fusion GPS produced the opposition research document, widen, widely known as the Steele dossier, and the owner of Fusion GPA was uh, someone named Glenn Simpson. Are, are you familiar with? Uh, this is outside my purview. Okay. 
Um, Glenn Simpson was never mentioned in the 448-page Mueller report, was he? Well, as I say, it's outside my purview, and it's being handled in the department by others. Baffling. Baffling. Well, let's see. What was outside his purview? Hillary Clinton in the DNC. Perkins Coie. Fusion GPS. Christopher Steele. Any Russians involved in putting together or adding to the dossier? What else was outside his purview? The abuse of the FISA court. Uh, McCabe's effort to topple the President of the United States under the 25th Amendment. The spying within the Trump campaign, uh, directed by the FBI. And uh, the activities between federal investigators and the media, that is leaks. All of that was outside his purview. What was inside his purview? Paul Manafort's taxes. Paul Manafort's consulting activity with the Ukraine slash Russia. Now, how can that be inside his purview? But the rest of this falls outside his purview. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. What was outside of Mueller's purview? As he spoke today, what was outside of his purview? It's hard to keep track, isn't it? Let me try. I made a list during the break. Anything related to Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC? Fusion GPS. Christopher Steele. Russia's role in the Steele dossier. FISA application lies, McCabe's leaks, Strzok's leaks, Comey's leaks, McCabe's coup attempt, 25th Amendment, Rosenstein's conflict of interest, FBI placing spies in the Trump campaign, Obama administration's unmasking of American citizens, Obama administration's failure to effectively deal with Russia interference in our election. All of that was not in Mr. Mueller's purview. But there was a lot in Mr. Mueller's purview, including Paul Manafort's taxes and mortgage applications. And um, consulting activities. That was all in his purview, etc. Does that seem a little odd to you, Mr. Producer? Seems very odd to me. Then he says, well, you know, the Justice Department's looking at this stuff. But through most of the time that Mueller was investigating, the Department of Justice wasn't looking into any of it. Not till Bill Barr came in. And Bill Barr came in, you know, what, five months ago? Four months ago? Six months ago? Whatever it is? So they took a pass. So what kind of a report is this? It's a fraud. That's what kind of report it is. That's exactly why the Attorney General now has stepped in and says, we're going to fill in the gaps. How did this start? Mueller had no interest. I should say, Weissman had no interest. 
since he was really behind the whole damn thing, as far as I can tell. By the way, as an aside, can we take a little break, give you a little footnote here? Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Rand Paul. Remember Senator Rand Paul, the big libertarian who's concerned about the debt? While McConnell and Paul are proposing legislation to benefit Kentucky's burgeoning bourbon industry. Yes, it's out of left field, but you need to know about it. When else am I going to mention it? This is from McClatchy. The Kentucky Republicans, both, their legislation offered today would make permanent an about-to-expire provision in the tax code that allows for the deduction of interest expenses related to bourbon inventory in the year the expenses are paid. You got to love that Rand Paul. He's really focused on the debt. Working there with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Biggest damn Republican spender in American history. Good boys, you keep it up. I'll be right back. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, Louis Gohmert is a is a former chief judge in Texas, and he uh, displayed those skills today when he really honed in on um, Mueller and this issue of obstruction. Very, very impressive, Louis. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing okay, but uh, I'm... You know how much I appreciate you, admire you, revere you. And actually, I, I was supposed to have gotten here earlier yesterday. Flight got uh, canceled. So I'm on the plane, and I plug in my phone and use Wi-Fi so I could listen to Mark Levin. You had some great points last night, and one of the ones I had down to get to, but I was running out of time, is such a great point. They skewered Don McGahn for 30 hours. And uh, they only have a few lines from him. That's it. They just had nothing. And that's what's so infuriating. And I was hoping I wouldn't lose my temper. But this guy's done so much damage to this country, both as FBI director and then special counsel. Uh, It's just for him to sit there and play games. It's just very difficult. No, no, you were outstanding, and you weren't going to take any malarkey either. Now, you were really, you built the case step by step like a good prosecutor, and then you and then you hammered, and the hammering point was, what do you mean obstruction? Yeah, you loaded up your staff with leftists, yet President sees all these leaks, he sees this stroke guy and this page guy and so forth and so on, he wanted you to remove it, it has nothing to be removed, it has nothing to do with obstruction. You explain it better than I can. Go ahead. No, you, you beautifully, but uh, I uh, didn't have time to get into it, and I know we're short on time here. But actually, Mark, you you brilliant, you know, there he cited in his report three different obstruction laws, and none of them really applied. And he tried to say, well, they have the same elements. No, they don't. And so uh, that was one level that it was just so objectionable to just throw out the term obstruction of justice. No, a good memo, a good report will say, here's the crime we think was was violated. Here are the elements, and there are more than three, no matter which provision you use. And then here's the evidence that meets that or doesn't mean that meet that. He didn't do any of that. He just you know, threw all this stuff out there, and most of it was designed to make you hate Trump, 
or think less of him, and then throw out the term, well, you know, we didn't indict him because on one one time it's because, uh, gee, there was an Office of Legal Counsel memo that said you couldn't indict a sitting president. Other times, well, no, it, the evidence wasn't there. But, but the thing that galled me, if he knew he was innocent, talking about President Trump, and he wants justice because he knows if he gets justice, he's innocent. There's nothing that happens. You can't prove that he corruptly obstructed justice when that's the very thing he wanted. It was Mueller who was actually obstructing justice because justice would have meant that the president is, was actually exonerated, even though John Ratcliffe did a good job uh, pointing out that that's not a standard U.S. attorneys or DOJ ever use. So I'm just really grateful to you. You've had so much clarity through all of the last two years on Mueller, but you always have clarity, you know, and I still tell people liberty and tyranny ought to be a textbook. for Louie, you got to read Unfreedom of the Press, baby. Read that one. Yes, yes. That's the one I haven't read yet, so I got to get that one and read it. So now, now let me, but let me on. say something to you. You're very kind and gracious to be praising me, but you did a hell of a job today, and it was very, very important. Now let me ask you this: the Democrats had to know Mueller was, in my opinion, my words, feeble. They had to know this. Yep. So why did they go forward? They figured they didn't have any choice. This is their only shot. I think they thought. And, and I'm sure some somebody of their group had talked to him, and so, and it sounded to me like, and this is a very distinct impression I got, they got word, as long as you bring up stuff in the report, he will agree with you. And mm-hmm. that way we will build our case, we'll build the elements on obstruction, he will agree with us. And then he couldn't even agree with his own report. And then it became very clear this was not the Mueller report. This was the Weissman report. That's he didn't it, baby. Know what was in it? Yep. Exactly. And you've talked about that. It, he just turned things over to Weissman. I wondered what is he doing? Playing video games? What does he do with all his time making all that money? But he sure wasn't working on the report. It's amazing, though, that Weissman's been able to hide in the shadows. He's a very diabolical man. You know what he did to Arthur Anderson in the court. Almost summarily, Supreme Court reversed him 9-0. There were only six substantive pages in an 11-page opinion when you don't count the cover page and the signature pages. Exactly. But, you know, when I saw the unredacted version that that had so much in there, there was no reason for most of that to be redacted. But, Mark, today there was such an irony with Zebley sitting there, his his chief of staff, his right-hand guy, the very guy that got Jason Cooper off, who had actually installed the unsecured private server, who actually helped Hillary obstruct justice by destroying her old phones with a hammer, and this guy is sitting by Mueller? The man has obstructed justice. Stuff that was under subpoena, and he beat it with a hammer to try to obstruct. I mean, for heaven's sake, and so to me, okay, you've got this paragon of virtue, Mueller, obviously I'm being sarcastic, and then you've got Zebley. These are two peas in a pod. Uh, I mean, both of them have obstructed justice in the true sense of the words. Now they want to go after the president's taxes. Now, what what bothers me about this, besides the obvious, Louis, is not only that it's unconstitutional, yep. but you've got Obama 
he and his wife leave office, they're worth about $100 million now. You got Gore, after he leaves office, he's worth about $200 million. You have the Clintons who've left office, they raised about a quarter of a billion dollars. Nobody wants to know how the IRS treats that. Nobody wants to know how these people become super-duper wealthy after they leave public office, basically selling their names and, you know, their... Their, their, their position, their prior positions. Here you have Trump who came into office super wealthy, a multi-billionaire. Yep. And they go after the fact that he was a multi-billionaire before he came into office. It's interesting. They want to know because, you see, they want to know how the IRS is auditing a sitting president. And they want to go back, uh, Louis Gohmert, to times when he wasn't even a sitting president. I don't That's think right. they can win this in court. I don't think they can win it all the way to the Supreme no, Court. Do you? I, I don't think they can either, but I also think it it shows how vicious Democrats get. If you were once on the plantation with them, helping them, and you see the light, oh my gosh, they will come after you with so much more vengeance than somebody that was clearly on the other side all the time, you know, because he used to be friends with, with Clinton so much. And in fact, I got the question, and I can't remember if it's Fox News or who, but uh, after that tape came out, uh, like October of uh, 2016, where he's using vulgar language about women, people say, hey, you're a Christian. How can you support this guy? And I said, well, actually, the Bible addresses that. You know, Apostle Paul said, when, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. But when I became an adult, I put aside childish things. And when Donald Trump was a Democrat, hung around with Bill Clinton. He talked like Bill Clinton. And when, he quit, when he became a Republican, he put aside that way of talking, that way of acting. He's a reform man. So. And I'll tell you what's interesting anyway. also, Louis, which is this. Certainly while he's been president, there hasn't even been a hint of impropriety or immorality. Not even a hint. Nope. Can't say the nope. same about Clinton. Zero. Can't say the same about Lyndon Johnson. Can't even say the same about JFK. Nope. Can't. All right, my no, friend. Well, well, you did a great you job Mark. today. Very proud of you. Well, that praise means so much. Thank you so very much, Mark. All right. You take care of yourself. There's Louis Gohmert. I mean, he was good. And by the way, the Republicans were excellent. They were excellent. The Democrats, well, they all sounded a little bit like Mueller, didn't they, Mr. Producer? Which means they all sounded a little bit like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi had a little press conference afterwards. She's very proud of her two chairmen, as she would be, and absolutely incoherent. Her hands are moving around, they're out of sync with her words, and absolutely incoherent. Really embarrassing as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's see who's here. Don't forget, about 45 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I will be on Hannity. It's going to be a hell of a show, I'm sure, from beginning to end. Tomorrow morning, I will be on Fox and Friends, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. I believe this is all posted. And in the meantime, let's take a couple of calls here. Oh, before we do, I got some good news for you. It's summer. It's a time to check out for a while, but it's also a time when Congress knows you aren't paying attention. What's the good news? I'm here to tell you to pay attention. I just got word that Senate Democrat Ron Wyden, he's a definite Democratic Socialist, a.k.a. Socialist Democrats, the ranking member on the Senate Finance Committee. He's pushing a bill that would mess with the market-based Medicare Part D prescription drug program. The bill creates so-called inflationary caps on drug prices, but it doesn't do a thing to help save seniors money at the pharmacy counter. It's a gimmick. 
If the cap is triggered, listen to this, a new tax is imposed, effectively putting a price control on the medicines that you need. These schemes, these, are, these come out of socialist European countries. The Part D program has been successful for almost 15 years thanks to its competitive structure. But Senator Wyden, leftist kook, Oregon, and other Democrats are now pushing to make this a full-blown government entitlement program. But get this, you ready? uh, Chuck Grassley, Republican, Iowa, is considering supporting it. Now, Senate Republicans need to oppose this meddling. Why should Senator Grassley, supposedly a free market defender, now want to adopt a socialist proposal the Democrats like? Might be summertime, but Senators Grassley and Wyden might want to remember that during election time, seniors vote, and so do the rest of us. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. By the way, I've never understood, and we've talked about this, why smaller is better in the private sector, so we have the antitrust division at the Department of Justice, but somehow bigger and more centralized is better when it comes to government. Why is that? Because government's more noble? No, government's less noble. Because bureaucrats know more? No, bureaucrats know less than people in the private sector. Because politicians are driven by what? Wisdom? Good judgment? No. They're driven by self-interest and power. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what's beautiful, to hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Well, Hillsdale College has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. It's got a great leader in President Larry Arn. That certainly helps. And as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Now, these include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship, in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. I am Mark Levin. Let's go to Julia, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go! Hi, Mark. Um, this is Julia, and I um, I'm an immigrant, a legal immigrant from another from a third world country that yes. loves this country. I Thank you. decided to be a citizen of this country yes. by choice, and I cannot believe what's going on. First of all, I believe that Mueller and all the people, the, the media, and everybody, whatever wants to destroy Trump, they are also trying to destroy us the ones that support this president. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't know, I don't understand how come no one is going to jail. What is going on with Barr, 
Durham and, Har- and Horowitz investigation? Well, I, I think, well, it takes a little while. I think, uh, I mean, Barr just got there pretty much. And it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of uh, territory to cover, but at least he's unleashed a U.S. attorney and uh, the Inspector General Horowitz. Uh, he's taking a little extra time because now apparently some additional people have come forward and he's got additional information and he wants to pursue it. So I'm not going to be critical of them. I definitely want to wait to see the, uh, what turns up. But uh, I think we're very fortunate to have Barr and very fortunate to have Horowitz. Now, the interesting thing about our Horowitz is he's originally an Obama appointee, but he seems to shoot straight based on, uh, based on what he writes. I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm tired of listening. Believe me. Do it, you know. Uh, That'll lady. You can believe me. And by the way, would you like a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press? I have it. I bought it. You aren't you (laughs) sweet. I'm learning. I'm learning so much from you being an an immigrant, Mark, because I watch your shows every Sunday. Thank you. And every time I have an opportunity and I buy your books. So thank you. Learning a lot. Well, God bless you. You take care of yourself. Joe, Columbus, New Jersey, the great WPHT, Philadelphia, my home city. Go ahead. Mark, I got a comment and a more important question. Yes. I, too, attended the Ambler campus at Temple University right around the same time you did, 1979, 1981. Yeah. I read that in your bio, and I couldn't wait to tell you that. Uh, Well, the place has never been the same, you know, since I was there. (laughs) I I lived on Seawing. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't live there. You commuted? I commuted from Elkins Park. Oh, my God. I was a baseball player, and that's where they stuck all the baseball players. Oh, really? Good for you. <laughs> Mark, I got a question I can't, wrap, I can't wrap my head around. I'm trying to figure out how, and this was impressed upon me two years ago, that this investigation was a comprehensive investigation into Russian election meddling, mm-hmm. and how... If you can possibly answer this, how did it transform into a investigation into the Trump Russia, solely the Trump Russia election meddling? You can thank Comey, uh, and you can thank the senior officials of the FBI, but I'll tell you who else you can thank: Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein should have given. First of all, there should never have been a special counsel that wasn't a criminal predicate. But then, then he goes forward and he goes with, forward with Mueller. We now know Mueller was incapable of doing anything. But nonetheless, he should have made sure uh, that, the, that the direction to Mueller was to look at everything related to Russia interference in the election. The Obama administration, Obama, Biden, uh, Clapper, Brennan. Hillary Clinton, look into everything and anything. But he didn't do that. Mark, is there any way, I, this, this part of this reeks about Secret Service agent Schumer, when he says, when you go against them, they have six ways to get you. Six ways this Sunday to get you. Isn't that amazing how Schumer said that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it has that, even those fingerprints on it, along with Weissman, it has well, well, listen, you make an excellent point. This this uh, so-called Mueller report, which is really the Weissman report, is loaded with comments by the president. Isn't that obstruction? Wasn't he directing this? And you're quite right. How come the comments by Schumer don't suggest some kind of a nefarious activity? Well, we know why, because Schumer is a left-wing crackpot, and they're untouchable. Joe, I want to thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. 
My best everybody in New Jersey and Philadelphia around there. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Thanks all the folks on the border trying to protect us. Hannity, 30 minutes. I'll see you there. Don't forget, please get your copy on Freedom of the Press. Join the rest of us. And I'll see you tomorrow also. Fox and Friends, 8.30 Eastern Time in the morning. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.